Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. In this week's episode of Grow Guides, we're talking all about transplanting cannabis plants. But before we move on to that episode, we are really close to 3,000 subscribers over on our YouTube channel. So I just want to check with you all, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, please just take two minutes to head to YouTube, find our channel, and subscribe to it. It would help us out a lot. So just go to youtube.com slash high on homegrown we do a live stream there every sunday at 9 p.m uk time Uh, that's 4 p.m eastern and 1 p.m pacific so if you are free on any sunday at those times you will be able to find us live over there and also if you are a patreon of the show we have interviews over on that channel as well on most tuesdays and thursdays you will find the links to those streams in the patreon section of the discord the patreon section on percysgrowroom.com or on the patreon page itself so please again just head over to our youtube channel youtube.com slash high on homegrown and subscribe to the channel but anyway let's move on to this week's episode of grow guides i hope you enjoy it make sure you roll yourself a fat one get a little bit high and take notes if you need to and i'll speak to you at the end of this see you in a bit So here we are, episode 84 of the Cannabis Grow Guides, and we're going to be talking about repotting cannabis plants this week. Uh, this can also be known as transplanting, and it's essentially where you get your, your small cannabis plant that's in a small pot and you put it into a bigger pot so it has more room and more nutrients to grow bigger and stronger roots so the plants can grow bigger on top. So pot size matters a lot, man. so you need to transplant now and again to make sure that the plant's in the right size pot. So... Uh, transplanting is something that you do, monkey, because you grow in cocoa as well, right? Almost exclusively transplant all my, my stuff. Uh, very rarely, it would be probably a micro grow that doesn't get transplanted. But yes, mm-hmm. I start everything usually in in a solo cup size something, and go up from there. Sometimes it's a single transplant straight up from from solo cups to threes or from solo cups to fives. But frequently, sometimes I'll even go from from solos to ones to threes depends mm-hmm. what, I'm, what i'm in the mood for and depends what kind of plant it is but yes i do i transplant almost everything right well you say much do you uh do some transplanting while your plants grow yeah yeah i do especially more in the outdoor ones because i'll start them mm-hmm. indoors smaller pots not so much indoor right now because i'm doing more micros so it's kind of no need but mm-hmm. yeah i do so yeah and no, I, I do as well I, I only transplant once though I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes people would transplant three times. Well, actually, I say that, but there is occasions where I do transplant three times as well. It just depends on the grow, like Monkey said. You know, it depends on how big the uh, the overall volume is going to be. Mm-hmm. That makes a big difference, man. But uh, on a, you say if I was growing in soil, then I would start something, because soil is really fucking hot most of the time, and I don't want to risk killing the seed with hot soil. So I'll plant them in a small part of cocoa to start them off. And once they're like an inch above ground, then I just pl- transplant it straight into the yeah the, the big final pot because I want the roots to grow as much as possible in living soil. You know, I let the roots spread out, let the microbes grow and shit like that. 
So mm -hmm. when we're growing in soil, it's just one transplant. But uh, cocoa, I'd go from a small part, like maybe a quarter of a litre, really small part, and then that will go into a three litre, and then the three litre will go into a 12, and then that's it. Cocoa grows nice and easy. Yeah, no, that's my technique. What, what size pot do you use in monkey when you're transplanting? I said, but first of all, seeds will go into, into solo cups, and then depends. Mm -hmm. Lately, what I've been doing for autoflowers, I go straight from the solo cups straight into threes, bam, one right. time. But three gallon you're talking about? Yes, three gallons right, okay. are would be I think it's eleven 12. liters. Yeah, yeah, eleven, twelve liters, something like that. Whatever mm -hmm. it is, but yeah, that that's what I'll go straight into that. Um, auto photos, like I said, it depends. A lot of times I'm I'm transplanting from smaller pots because I'm conserving space in my veg tent. Uh, if I've got six plants to grow, if I'm starting them all in three gallon pots, I can't fit them in my small veg tent can only fit mm -hmm. two big pots in there. But if I have them all in small pots, fit everything in my veg tent. And then by the yeah. time it's to move those into to where I'm starting to grow them out, I can I can pot those from solar cups up to one gallon and still keep them in that one tent. And so from the one gallon, mm -hmm. I can go to three gallons and now put them in the bloom tents. A week after I move them into there, put them in their threes, I'll flip them and away they go. So nice. I, I'm mostly using the, the repotting. I'm using a lot for space and efficiency. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's it. Because it would be easy to just say, even in grown in cocoa, you could use your final part, say a 15 litre part, you're going to finish the plant and you could just start the seedling in that. But the thing is, the amount of water it's going to take is going to take the piss. You know, you know the roots aren't going to absorb as much more water as you want it to because it's only small. So it's going to take ages for it to use the nutrients. And if you're in cocoa and you're just going to keep washing through the nutrients every day, it's just a waste of nutrients and water, you know, and time. Mm -hmm. So you start them off in these smaller pots so you can just feed them a little bit of water, get plenty of runoff from like half a liter of water. It makes everything so much fucking easier in, in the long run rather than just feeding five liters of water into a, a, a 25 liter pot every day. That's going to be a mistake. So... Transplanting just makes things easier in the long run. I think so too. Mm -hmm. uh, plants just seem to be, my plants seem to be a little bit happier. Um, something about a small pot, the plant will reach, his roots will reach the outside of that pot and you'll get like a burst of, of, of canopy growth out of them. And uh, I know right. that just kind of excites me. That's that's to me the, the reason I, I, I like to use a smaller pot to start and transplant. I'd like to get that little burst and then I'll transplant it. The roots will grow in and I'll get the next burst. So mm -hmm. just the way it works. Yeah. Um, with the roots as well, I know when the roots are growing like that, this is one of the reasons why I like to transplant into a, a, a like a fabric pot or an air pot for the final pot, but not beforehand because uh, as the roots grow, they're in a plastic pot, they'll get root bound. You know, the roots will just carry on growing and twist yeah. itself around the, the medium and stuff like that. <clears throat> So and but when it's in a, a fabric part or it can get to the air, then the roots get to the edge, and then as soon as they touch air, they air prune, and that makes the root grow out more radially. So you you get much more of a uh, you know, much more coverage from the roots if you use one of those uh, final parts, uh, air parts or fabric parts. That's what I find. But loads of people like to use just plastic all the way through as well. You know, I've heard about that. You you, you don't use fabric, do you, monkey? Yeah, do you never have used them? Right, yeah, you're, you're plastic the whole way. All plastic pots. I've heard the heard the, all the bad things, the horror stories. Get yields good, weeds fine. Mm -hmm. Just um, you know, it's just a different way of doing it. What um, about you, Marge? They, I've used a lot of the fabric pots for my outdoor. 
mm-hmm. and I like them. I do yeah. like them. Although some of them have handles on them, which I sometimes think makes it easy for somebody to lift it up and run away, but that hasn't happened yet. But yeah, I do <laughs> like the stroke for <laughs> Yeah, man. No, I like to use both. You know, just when I'm starting out, I use the plastic because I don't want the the, fab, the small fabric parts root. We're making the roots go air pruning too soon. You know, I like them to continue growing. That's just, I don't know whether that's like scientifically proven or anything like that, but that's just what I've experienced in my time of growing. You know, it's probably based on nothing really. It's just what I've noticed throughout my experience. Yeah. So what what would you do? What's your whole transplanting process then, Marge? What do you do with, with your plants? You start them off in the small parts and then you plant them into another one. How, how would you go about your transplant? What's the score? It's nothing really super scientific. Maybe I'm doing it wrong, but I just get my my fabric pot if I'm doing it outside and I fill it with the soil that I'm going to be using. And I make a little little hole for my for my uh plant that's going in there. And then I delicately take it out of the plastic. It's plastic, unfortunately, but take it out of the plastic pot, gently put it in the spot, and then, you know, mm-hmm. tenderly put the soil back in place, give it a little bit of a water. A kiss. Yes. Whoa. A kiss? <laughs> well, yeah. It got yeah. bacteria all over it, you know. <laughs> exactly. You don't Maybe. kiss your plants, Mackie? My God. <laughs> yeah, man. But that's about the same thing. God, what do you do, Monkey? What, what's your whole process of transplanting? Mm, well, I mean, like I said, I'm starting in small pots. I'm either starting in um, jiffy pucks or in um, solo cups. So, I mean... I'll always plant the, the Jiffy Puck in, in a cup if I'm using Jiffy Pucks and not, not the solar cups, but I'll always put those into the cups before the roots poke out of the cups because I don't want to damage the roots. But when it comes to moving the plant from the cup to the other pot, to the next pot size, I'll take the other pot. And if I don't have an empty empty cup the same size, you can even use the plant that's in there though, but I'll halfway fill the other pot. Then I put the, the, the pot that I'm going to, be transplanting from inside of it, fill all around it so that when I'm got that pot completely full, I'll lift the other pot out and it leaves the perfect size hole behind for the pot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ease it out the pot, drop it back down in the, into that perfect size hole and hit it with a watering can and say, I'm done. That's it. Yeah. But the, that's the, the same way I'll do it. Yeah. The trick is to, to not mess with the roots too much if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. But right. I want to I want to add one thing in there. Sometimes I'm very mean to my plants sometimes. And sometimes a, a, a maybe a clone or a seedling had to spend too long in that solo cup. And when I take it out, if, if like uh, Mackie talks about the roots being wrapped around the pot, if I see it's really, really bad, what I'll do is I'll either take my fingernail and I'll rough those roots up. Or if it's super bad, I'll take a razor blade and just the outer layer of the roots, I'll score the roots. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm pruning the roots. I'm stimulating growth. I don't want to go all the way through the roots. I just want to scuff the outsides and damage them so that the, the, the plant's going to want to repair those roots and it's going to spur new growth almost immediately by doing mm-hmm. that. So, root Yeah, I've never done that. I've, ne- I'm, I've never broken the roots purposely or cut them mm-hmm. or anything like that. I've, I've heard that it's a good way to make the roots grow faster. But I've always considered it to be like maybe one of those bro science things. Like, can you really tell if it's making the roots grow faster afterwards or not? Well, I can I can only put it this way. I've uh, I've done it in with flower plants before. Early days of me gardening outdoor in a flower garden. 
mm-hmm. used to pop the, pop the things out of the little six pack things that you get at the nursery and stick them in the ground. Well, sometimes I would get plants that wouldn't grow right. And when I would dig them back up, if I didn't rough the roots up and they were really over, over mm-hmm. root bound when I put them in the soil, I'd pick them back up and the root ball would just be exactly like I put it in the ground. They didn't try and spread. But basically the roots were dead on arrival when they hit the soil. But the ones that I do rough up seem to recover faster and take off better. But again, it's not like I'm taking that root ball and tearing it up. I'm only the outer layer. I just want some loose root fibers that can can shoot out into the soil. That's all I'm trying to do. Point those roots out into the pot. Yeah, when I come to transplanting, I'll get the the little pot, like a quarter of a liter, maybe half a liter at most. And then I'll I'll like monkey does you you make well I'll fill my my pot up first and I'd water it too, you know especially with cocoa I'd make sure that it's got the right EC and before I transplant my plants into it mm-hmm. so it's all ready you know so it's as little shock as possible the EC that the plant's sitting in right now would be the same as the EC but it's just about to go into when I make the uh the transplant so I'd fill the pot all the way to the top water it and then I'll just take a couple of handfuls or however many is needed so I can fit that whole pot into the top of the cocoa, you know, so I can completely submerge it as if the pot wasn't there, but you know, the pot's there on this occasion. And then once that's in place, then you carefully lift the, the pot out and you got it and you'll see it's just perfectly shaped then underneath, yep. like the pot fits there like a puzzle piece directly into it. It's, it's perfect, mm-hmm. but you'd be very careful because if you move it left or right, or, you know, up or down, then it knocks some of the cocoa, it all falls. You have to do the whole fucking thing again. So be, just be careful of that and gently take it out. I put the plant itself in between my uh, second and ring finger, you know, middle finger, you know, in your hand, turn it upside down and squeeze the pot a little because sometimes they can get a little bit stuck in there. It needs a little bit of work to get the fucker out. So, you know, you might need to squeeze the, the sides of the pot just a little, not too much. Try not to damage the actual soil inside of the pot. You're just trying to detach it from the sides. And then you just turn it upside down and put it into the cocoa in the bigger pot that you've got that shape made from the pot in it. And, cover it up and it's done it's so easy so little stress and mm-hmm. i think that that's the most important thing you know the 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 little amount you can stress it the better obviously obviously you know you the, the least amount of stress you plant actually suffers the better it's going to grow so, so it, i think one, doing that method just it's so perfect and the plant's so happy doing it like that sorry monkey i was gonna say where can we go wrong with this with these methods though i think is probably where we need to go with this we, we're telling everybody how to do it Mm-hmm. One thing, one big problem is when we do this things, a lot of time, especially new growers, you're tempted to transplant too early. And if, mm-hmm. if your roots mm-hmm. have not really established themselves well into the pot you're coming out of, it's yeah. real easy for that root ball to crumble in your hands when it come out, comes out the pot mm-hmm. and you can damage your taproot. If yeah. you damage your taproot badly enough, your plant will be stunted. So mm-hmm. be careful. If you're trying to do a transplant and you start easing that plant out of the pot and there's no roots down there, it doesn't need to be transplanted. It's too early. Mm-hmm. Root, a good way root, to tell is you can look at the bottom of the pot because it's got the holes in the drainage holes and you see a little bit of white root sticking out of that. And mm-hmm. that, that's a good time to start checking to see if the roots need taking out. Yeah, the roots need to be able to hold the soil completely together when you when you pull it out that pot. You know, very not not like you know, it doesn't mean be baseball hard or anything like that. But yeah, the root ball should be firm enough to where it does not feel like it's going to cor- collapse in your hand. See, I go much sooner than that. I have like minimal roots around the outside, just as long as I know that the cocoa isn't going to fall apart as it's coming out of the small part and going into the big one. Because I've done that before and it snapped roots, man. And Mm -hmm. that was devastating. 
You know, that, that hurts when shit like that happens. You're like, God damn, my, my poor plants. Uh. That's it. The root ball crumbled in your hand before it could go in the hole. And then mm-hmm. you, you know mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's failed before you even try, yeah. but you can, you're going to try and go forward with it anyway. But you know you failed at that point. And that's it. And I'd water the plant like, like an hour beforehand as well. When I'm in cocoa. You know, I'd water it, and that's it's just got the right amount of water then to hold the whole thing together. It seems to go pretty well, like making a sandcastle in a way. You know, just be very careful, very careful not to break up the, the root ball too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, in soil as well, it's pretty much the same principle. You know, you're doing exactly the same thing, really. But what about for hydroponic media? Sorry, Marge, did you say how you did? You, you did say how you did yours, didn't you? Yep. How you transplant, yeah. Because you used to grow in hydroponics in the DWC. and Yeah, we used rock wool when we did mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. So we had the little tiny cubes, and then you just plunked them into the bigger cubes. It was pretty Mm -hmm. easy. Yeah, really easy. Really easy. Yeah. You you can buy buy the small cubes, which were like two, three centimeters across, maybe an inch, yeah, about three centimeters. Yeah. And then you get the fucking four-inch ones, and then, you know, and they get bigger and bigger, and they just got them the little holes in. It's so easy to do. It's so easy to transplant when you're growing in hydro like that. They're just made to fit into each next level of rock, which is very cool. And, and then you know, it just goes in a big bucket then, doesn't it, with uh, airstone. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you don't transplant. But there's a controversial one when, because some people like to start out their autos in their final pot, even if they're right. grown in cocoa, which uh, oh. I, I used, because you don't want to stress the roots out apparently, because you had too much stress on an auto too early will massively affect the overall growth because you're in that kind of window. You know, if anything goes wrong and it's too stressed, then it's going to slow down, take a week out of the growth. And that, that's a, a shitload of growth at a particular time in its life. So you mm-hmm. have to be very careful when you do it, when you're doing the transplant. But I, I transplant every one of my autos now. The staff in a small part move to a big one and I don't have any problems. Do you, what about you, Monkey? What do you do with your autos? Same thing, but all, the thing with autos is I only transplant them once. I have, just to prove my point, done a, three, a triple transplant auto with no problems. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. hit it exactly on the head, Mackie. It's keeping that stress on the root stress on autos to a minimum. Mm-hmm. You can recover with a photo. You can give it a little time, but there is no recovery with an auto. It's on a yeah. timer. And so, yeah, if you make a mistake, so be be proactive and be kind to your autos and your transplants, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And what I do on all of my transplants, because I'm a cocoa grower right now, is uh, I'll mix up a heavy, not a heavy, but a regular feed with heavy root stimulator in that feed. And after I transplant, if I'm transplanting into a three-gallon pot, I've got three three gallons of feed that I'm going to pour into that pot. The reason I'm doing that is I'm, I'm flushing out anything that might be in that cocoa, and I'm trying to get that, that plant with a little extra root stimulation and all of that EC that it's used to. I want it completely, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't want it to stress. Like you say, Mac, a little stress is possible and the plant's going to keep growing faster. But yeah, I'll, I'll transplant them once an auto and then they get that root stimulator and, and a good feed and they go back in the tent. And then two days later, they're just flying. You got a couple of mentions of root stimulators there in the chat, but the, the powdered form, you got Great White is one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eco Thrive, they have a good one. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Micro T, maybe they have a specific mm-hmm. name. And these are essentially powdered uh, bacteria that's going to live in the root zone about how the roots grow, you know, uh, mycorrhiza and shit like that. Well, you have uh, Rhizotonic, which is a liquid, which mm-hmm. also has has it in there, and a Kanga Roots, which is a Fox Farm product, has it in there. There's lots of them out there that mm-hmm. have root stimulators. Did uh, you use any of those? So you, you say you use what? What do you use for your root stim? 
I started using kangaroo roots from Fox Farms. It was my entry level one. It works really well, and I have not changed. The only complaint I have about it, it smells very fecal. So just be aware. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it has an odor to it. <laughs> what about you, Mark? Do you use any of them kind of uh, bacteria and stuff? Uh, some rooting powder, rooting enzymes? No. You just straight up uh, want to do it. Yeah, same for me. I used to. Oh, yeah. Well, we well I did like when we were doing the hydro again because I think we were we we weren't growing from seed mostly. We were growing from clone. So we used a little bit of that stuff before you put it in the cube. But other mm -hmm. than that, yeah. That's it. I used to use it as well. I used to, I used to love the great whites, but then I ran out and tried to grow <laughs> without it, and it was like. The, 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 these fucking roots are exactly the same as the other roots. <laughs> Nothing's changed here. So I, I just don't bother using it. You know, I'm real basic nowadays. I like to do things as easy and as simple as possible, man. And I don't know. I just haven't found there's a massive difference when I use root stem compared to when I don't use root stem. Mm -hmm. So I just let the plants do their things. So. But, you know, try it out, everybody. See what you think. I've seen pictures where uh, people using eco five versus great white versus not using it and there there are differences in those photos but i haven't personally noticed any difference so i don't roll like with any of those anymore but i can see why they do make a difference and there's something out there in the market that i've seen a lot a lot of growers try i've never seen anyone rave about them uh, i think maybe somebody might have been successful but more people are unsuccessful using what's called peat pots or or, or mm -hmm. cardboard pots. Yeah, is, yeah. You know, you, you see these things that sometimes they're made out of peat moss and, and they're basically, they look like cardboard or sometimes they're made out of paper and they're all pressed in there. But you plant into them and the theory is that you can take this pot after after your seedling grows and you can put this pot into your into the soil and away it goes, the plant takes off. But unfortunately, it seems like cannabis plants don't like these and the roots don't like no. to go through the pots and it stunts the growth of the plant. So if you are using these, Peel the pot off before you plant it. Yeah, just you know, don't use don't, them. I, I wouldn't recommend you use yeah, them all. Just I wouldn't don't need do a, it, man. But if you have used them, take the bottom off, take something off, give the roots a chance to get out of them is, is what you have to do. So I found those. Not recommended. Uh, yeah, I think well, when I use them, because I've used them before as well, and that's why I'm saying don't use them. I think, mm -hmm. it, and this is specifically for cocoa growing. I'm not sure whether it's the same for soil. I didn't do it in soil. But in a cocoa grow, the pH is so important in a cocoa grow. You need that 5.8 to 6.2 kind of level. And if it goes too far from there, then the plant's not going to be able to absorb the nutrients it needs. So it gets into trouble. And when you have these, these peat pots that you can bury with your plant, it, it, it changes the pH too much and it makes the plant suffer for a, a few days, a week maybe, where it's not able to absorb the proper nutrients it needs. So just avoid them if you're in cocoa. Maybe in soil it would work better, but still, because I had a bad experience with them in cocoa, yeah. I wouldn't recommend I, them for soil either. Just use your plastics, man. It's fine. We had a grower at Percy's that is Canadian grower. It was trying try to use these outdoors in an outdoor in, in a large pots. And the grow failed simply because of, the, of these uh, peat pot or cardboard pots, whatever you want to call them. But yeah, not recommended. There's mm -hmm. way easier ways to do it than this. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen people use what's called a paper sleeve. You basically take like a paper tube looking thing. You can use any kind of paper, uh, make it as round as you want, and but it has no top or bottom. So you, you basically put it on a flat tray, you plant your seeds in it. And when the roots come out the bottom, they hold everything together. You plant everything in there and you're good to go. Those work just fine. 
So like when you're using like newspaper or something like that? You can, yeah, but the roots are, it's open on the bottom, so the roots don't right. need to come through the paper. The paper will eventually go through there, but, you know, they mm -hmm. have an escape point. The bottom is your escape. The roots will, will hunt from there. Mm -hmm. So just got to keep, keep aware of what the plants need, a way to get out. Plants need is a nice little small pot. That's what they need. Keep it simple, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it works you know, these, these cocoa pots, not cocoa pots, these uh, peat pots, it's just not worth it, man. I know it seems like they actually help, but really there's many other things that just do the same thing. You know, a plastic pot is fine, man. Just roll with one of those or a solo cup like monkey uses that. That's essentially a plastic pot. It is a couple it's of holes a, in the bottom. The cheapest see. version of a plastic pot we can come up with is a solo cup. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nice and easy. Yeah. And, and then, you know, use your root stimulators if you wanted to but it's not massively important then either i mean you can if you want to uh, they probably do make some difference i'm sure they wouldn't be sold if they made zero difference but, you know just mm -hmm. don't think that it's massively important to make make the roots grow if you got good medium and you, you're watering the plants properly then the roots will go just fine throughout that medium uh, transplanting cannabis plants is Real easy. I mean, it gets more difficult when the plants are bigger, you know. What, what with your outdoor growing, Marge, you, mm -hmm. you start them off indoors. How plants, how big do your plants get before you plant them outdoors? I wouldn't say they get like really big by any means because they, I start to run out of space. That's mm -hmm. my big, that's my biggest problem. So, uh, I don't have a measurement. I don't know what to say. Yeah, well, I've tried transplanting big plants before. And obviously, as the plants get bigger, it's going to get more and more difficult to transplant them because you have to try and mm -hmm. handle them. And if you're a grower like the rest of us, you know, you have to do this on your own. There's nobody who's really going to help you. And it brings me on to another point here. When, you, when is it too late to transplant? Like you want to mm -hmm. transplant your plant into the last part, into its final part, at least a week before flower. You know, so then you've transplanted it and you've let it settle and any stress from the transplant has gone away and then you can flip the plant to flower you change lights to 12 12 you know give you about a week at least you know more if you can you know make the plant make sure the plant's settled and it's got a good root base then flip it to flower but bear that in mind and i have before tried to grow plants in a smaller part and it just grew too fucking big and it's already flowering and you know back in the day it's not like i'd do it now but Back in the day, I'd be like, oh, that needs a bigger part. I'm going to transplant that shit. And it just stresses the plant too much and affects the flowering cycle. And the roots don't even grow at that point. You know, so I'm putting it in a bigger part for no reason. But... Yeah, I did that when I was uh, when I was exper experimenting with keeping the plants to the proper size and sods. I would do that. I would start them uh, flowering in small containers. And once the flowering, stretching had stopped and the flowering began, I put them in larger pots. Exactly what you said is what I saw when I did the uh, post-mortem on them, is that the pots provided enough nutrients and everything else for the for the plants, but the roots never actually grew firmly in 100% into those new containers. It was just, they were just basically holders. So yeah, mm -hmm. you do have to, if you really want to take advantage of, of the repotting, it has to be done before the stretch. Yeah. That's it, before it goes to flower. Uh, when yeah. the plant goes to flower, its its main focus is making the biggest, juiciest flowers it can. So yeah. it won't won't do anything else. You know, it's not focusing on roots and leaves at that point. It's just focusing on flowers. Mm -hmm. 
But I will say it was a good way to take a small plant, put it in a larger pot where I didn't have to worry about moisture control as much. You can move them like that. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't it didn't affect the plant. That was the thing I was worried about. Okay, is this gonna gonna cause the plant to harm or stress it out? And again, being very careful to move the plant, not disturb the roots, just give it more space, didn't seem to mess with the plant at all. Yeah, man. And also when you're transplanting, you want to make sure that you you pot size that you're going into is at least three times the size of the pot that it's coming out of. You know, don't just make it a couple of liters. It's not really going to make too much difference. You know, don't go from a 10 liter to a 12 because it's going to be a pain in the ass to do that for one. And that two liters, it's not really going to make too much of a difference. You know, you want to go from a 10 liter into a 25, 30 liter pot if you're going that way. You know, something that's big enough to add the actual difference around it. So when, when I start off in the uh, quarter of a liter, pot for the seedlings and then they go into the three liter pot see there's a substantial difference and the roots can then spread themselves through that and then they go from a three liter pot into a 12 so there's a substantial difference there as well so there's somewhere for the roots to grow into and I said, just make sure that it's worth the effort as well to make sure that the roots have got plenty more space to grow into after the transplant as well yeah my early experiments i did four transplants on one just just to see what would happen went from solo cup to ones, to twos, to threes. And the yield was fine, but honestly, for all that work, it wasn't worth it. Hmm. Right. I was just going to ask how it turned out, but you're saying it was all right, but it was all right. I mean, I got, a, I got an average yield out of it. The quality right. was excellent. The yield was average, but I probably would have been fine if I would have just done a single transplant on it. Right. Mm -hmm. Just making sure that the final pot is big enough, you know, because exactly. that will take more roots, more shoots. You know, so you want it to be in a good size pot. Like Marsha, she has the uh, whole micro grow. That's where you got a real small pot and you'll grow a really small plant. You're not going to grow a plant that's going to give you six ounces of weed in a coffee cup. It's not going to work like that. You know, if maybe you one want, day. Maybe we, can, we can dream. We can dream. <laughs> maybe with the right hydroponic setup, you know, with the roots hanging out the bottom of the cup into an actual bucket, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, but that's yeah. not actually growing in a coffee cup, though, is mm -hmm. it? Exactly. Exactly. You know, if you want them really big plants, they've got to be put in really big pots, you know, 25 right. litres for a decent-sized plant. And unless you're growing in cocoa, cocoa can produce massive plants in small, in, in well, decent-sized pots, like uh, 12 to 15 litres is a good size for a plant growing in cocoa. If you're in a 4 by 4 tent, like standard uh, home grow for most people, 4 by 4 or 4 foot by 4 foot grow tent, 1.2 metre by 1.2 metre, you got four plants in there. If you're growing in cocoa, 12 to 15 litres, in the final part is plenty for for your grow man that, that's uh produce some good sized plants and if you have it any bigger than that and the plants grow even bigger then it's just going to pack the tent out too much there won't be enough airflow and you risk bud rot so you know you don't have two big parts i know you can you can right. have 25 liters of cocoa if you wanted to but the plants it will produce might be too big for the space that you have so bear that in then mind you run into other problems mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's just a waste as well you know, you got water, especially in cocoa, you're watering this shit every day with nutrients. It never gets just water. So, you know, you could probably give it half the amount if you put it in half the size pot. And then your nutrients are going to spread twice as far as they were going to if you did it the other way, you know. Just bear that in mind. In soil, different story, man. You want fucking nice big pots, bigger the better, really, because that just lets the, the microbes in the soil grow as, as much as they need to. Over 25 liters, then that's uh, definitely the way to go when you're growing in living soil and super soil. Mm -hmm. 
And even one of those uh those raised beds, you know, hundreds of liters of soil in it. That's the shit. Yeah, I mean, if you if you can get into that, sure. That's it. And for those who grow in beds as well, you know, what what I would do, and what I used to do when I was growing in living soil, you know, I'd start off in the smaller parts with, and I'd use cocoa for the first week, and, and not even add any nutrients to it or pH or anything like that. I'm not worried about the seedling getting any nutrients. I'm just trying to get them roots to form to start with so the first few days like four or five days is good you just uh pop them in some cocoa let a little bit of a root grow and then i'll put that into the living soil from there and then they're, they're small parts that might maybe like 100 milliliters or something really small parts just to get it started off before i put it into the um into the big soil because i found many times when i've just put a seedling into the soil itself then it's just too strong and it can kill them so i'm just cautious of that and even at times as well, I've taken a handful of soil out the middle of the big pot, say a 25 litre pot, I take a handful of soil out the middle, then put a handful of cocoa and then put the seed in there with a cup over the top. And that's worked out as well. So that, that's something that I've done before. Mm-hmm. But just be cautious with them seedlings on them strong soils, man. Yep. So so what are you saying, Monkey, about two weeks? Two weeks? Two weeks! <laughs> from, from, fucking, <laughs> from sprout to where you do your first transplant? Uh, that'd, right. be, that'd probably be about a good number right there. About two would mm-hmm. be good. Mm-hmm. 14 days is about right, Mackie. Yeah, yeah. It's about the same for me, I think. I'll go <laughs> about 14 days. Uh... <laughs> now, 14 days from um, sprout, from sprouts. You know, once yeah, you've seen some greenery, after about two weeks, let's just say it again, fuck. And, and there's then... no hard and fast rule to that either. It depends. It's strain mm-hmm. dependent, going to be temperature dependent. Yeah. Media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, around around that that uh two week time frame is when you start looking at it yeah man check the check the holes at the bottom of the pot and then you'll see you know are the roots growing out of it if so then you want to put it in another pot because you don't want them want to let them roots dry out because then they're air prune and they won't grow any longer and you don't want that yet you want that to happen when it's in the final pot so just uh bear that in mind and then right. if you're transplant, if you're going into a three day i'll go into a three liter from there and that will be probably another two weeks another 14 days and then I'll be looking at uh, moving on to the next parts again, maybe a little bit more into three weeks, uh, you know, and maybe. Yeah, that seems about right. But two weeks is probably closer. It depends the on the size your of the plant. plant. Yeah. Smaller your plant you have, the more delicate the transplant's going to be. So just be very, very mm-hmm. careful with it. You know, what, if, you, if you're moving something from a three-gallon to a five or a six-gallon, that, that thing can probably be wrestled pretty fine and won't do any damage to it. But when you're moving that little baby seedling, you want to, Treat it like a little baby. Yeah, be very careful. Just try not to break the roots. Use root stimulator if you have it. And if you want to try it, give it a shot, shot, man. It might be good for you. You But it's fucking expensive. You know, that's one of the reasons why I stopped. Like Rhizotonic for a a liter bottle was like 80 quid or something. It's a crazy amount of money. Yeah, it's like, no, I am paying that. That's why I'm using the stuff I use. It's cheaper. But I really don't Mm -hmm. use that much of it. I mean, that one bottle Mm -hmm. I've got, I'm on, I'm on a second second pint that I bought, you know, I mean, two, uh, 250 mils, whatever pint, I don't really know. It ain't much. But anyway, uh, in four years, two bottles, that's it. So you don't use right. much of this stuff. It's mm-hmm. very, very uh, efficient. Because mm-hmm. once you get roots, you don't need it anymore. Yeah, man. And, and that's about it, really. You know, just make sure that you're transplanting on time, you know, not too soon, not too late. So don't do it when there's only one little wispy little root that's going to break easily and don't leave it until it's fully root bound and twisted roots all around the pot. 
know, judge, judge the right time. When there's just a few little roots sticking out the bottom of the pot, that's a good time to transfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's about it, really. I mean, what else is there to say about transplanting? Is there anything to add here? You think we're missing anything? I think we covered it all. Mm-hmm. And just when it comes to autos, you know, I would transplant autos just once. I wouldn't do that three times. That would be uh, the smallest part into the biggest part. So the, the quarter of a litre into a 12 litre. Because you, you want that. This is the reasoning behind it. I don't know whether it's true or not, but it's something I've read and it's something that I just apply. You know, when the tap root reaches the bottom of the part in an auto, then that's going to tell the auto, this is how much space we've got grow accordingly to this. So if you have it in a small part and that main tap root gets air pruned or, you know, it gets root bound or something, then, then that's going to affect the final size of the final plant. I don't know if that's true, but, you know, I've read that before. So I kind of, uh, try to use that one on growing autos. So I'd start off in the small part, but I wouldn't give it too long in there. I'll transplant it as soon as possible to make sure that the roots don't air prune and they're ready to just carry on growing as quickly as possible throughout the medium. So that, that gets done pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Definitely less than two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, and don't be, you know, I've said it many times before, you just treat your autos like they're a cannabis plant because that's what they, they are. are yeah. yeah. By all means. Mm-hmm. So good shit. We got, got loads of uh, well, not loads, but uh, so interesting list of our questions here that we should be covering as well. <laughs> Some uh, of them pretty interesting for sure. Yeah. For, so we have a Fav Ferret. This guy's name is. He says, "Uh, can you t- take cuts from plants during any stage of flowering?" Uh, you want to hit that one, monkey? Uh, yeah, you can, but you're going to have some I- issues trying to reveg those late flowering plants. Uh, if, if personally for me, if, if I have a plant that's in flower and I want to take cuts of it, if it's past mid flower, I'm going to wait till after she blooms and I'm going to reveg it and take my cuts mm-hmm. from a revegged plant. But your plant should probably root no matter when you take it. Now, the late flowering, I've never tried it, but I've taken mid-flower cuts. So, oh. yeah, you can take them anytime during the flowering, but just expect a long, laborious re-veg process if you do. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. I thought you had to wait before flower. No, you can take actually, cuts anytime, really. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, I typically, I, it's common for me when I, a uh, lollipop. And I've, you know, I've already got pom-poms forming on them. And uh, sometimes if I like, if the plant is looking good and I just might want to take it, a cut of it, might want to do it again, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and root one of them right there. Yeah. And like, yeah, it'll root just fine, but it turned, they turn ugly as sin after they root because they got to go, <laughs> they got to revert back. They got to reveg. Yeah. Right. But Sorry, I can save the genetics. Yeah, so you save fine. So you're good. At least you got that. Yeah, you should be doing the proper lollipop, you know, after when the pom-pom starts showing, you get some kind of idea of what the plant's going to look like. Then you can do the main lollipop from there, take off the bottom third of the plant, at least you're going to take shitloads off. And Mm -hmm. just take some of those branches there and throw them in some water, man. You know, trim the bottoms, make sure, you know, a little 45 degree angle, dip them in some alloy if you have that, you know, and then just let them sit in some water and change the water uh, at least every other day. Keep the water clean. Mm -hmm. And keep it keep it in some dim light. And, It'll take uh, a, a couple of weeks, you know. <laughs> it took me six weeks to, to actually get rid of Yeah, way. it can take a while, can't it, man? It's take the it does because you're mm-hmm. you're really taking the lazy way out, but it will work. 
Um, and, and I didn't get a hundred percent on this. I actually, when I do that, I probably mm-hmm. usually, if, if I get 60%, I'm happy Yeah. because I'm being so lazy. I'll take a dozen cuts and I've only need five plants. I don't really care how many I get. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've done it many times. Same. It works. It's lazy yeah, way to do it. But you, there's some things that you need to be cautious of. If you're in the late stages of the flower, then you take any cuttings from that, which you can do. But if you did it at the lollipopping stage and you wait for the roots, you already know what the plants are going to look like at this point. So you know what the cutting are going to look like as well. And they're going to be two to six weeks, depending on uh, you know how, how easy they root. Some strains will root easier than others. You should be able to tell what the plant's going to look like at the end then, whether you want to keep them cutting or not. So there's not really any reason to take them later on but if you do take them later on the branches are going to be more woody so just bear that in mind and they're going to be harder to root so take something from the bottom of the plant if you can because that it's closer to the soil so it's got more of the hormone that makes roots in it allegedly and you just take that off cut it at 45 degrees on the stem dip it in some alloy or some uh, rooted enzymes like that and then leave it in water same thing you know it's just later on right, that's all but make sure you're using clean uh, clean tools when you're cutting because uh, you don't want any mold spores getting into the plant. The mold spores get into the plant's tissue sometimes and they'll move around inside the plant and find a nice fat juicy bud to live in and then they'll germinate and shit. And bacteria, different pathogens, they can get into the plant when you have these breaks in the tissue. You know, just like you can get infected easily when things get into your blood. Same kind of thing with the plants. Just make sure what you're using is clean and maybe patch up the uh, wherever you've cut it off afterwards with some tape or something. I wouldn't patch you. What are you you're patching up your cannabis plant with tape? Uh, yeah, just a little bit of tape on the end when you've taken a cutting. Just for a couple that. of days to make sure that there's no pathogens getting in there. No, I just cut it and go with it. Yeah. I mean, I might be a risk, but that's what I do. Just I, see, I don't do any of that shit either, but, you know, the option's there. The options yeah. there. I'm pretty uh, laid back with everything I do with my grow nowadays. Don't take things seriously like that. Yeah. You know, even finding clean tools when I'm doing the uh, the uh, the lollipop and shit like that. I don't care. I'll fucking pop well, it off with, my thumbnail. You know, with the clone, <laughs> I uh, when I'm doing clones, so I'm picky about that. I'll, I'll uh, clean a razor blade with alcohol before I, before I start doing cuts with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know do why. that either. Yeah. You know, just it's just one. It's best to it's best to just to, just in case to avoid pathogens. Yeah. You know, right. Just in case, man. It's best to do that. You know, you just get lazier as you've been doing it for longer, I think. I'm not serious about cuts and shit. Lazy or comfortable? I don't really know how Mm. I would lazy. It could be lazy, but you also know what you can get away with. That's that's what I'm talking about. You realize what needs to be done and what kind of needs to be done. You also (laughs) understand, like, yeah, I got about a 95% chance that this will be fine, so I'll do that. But if it doesn't go right, you know what you did wrong. So, I mean, that's that's what experience gets you after a while is a little bit of cockiness. You're going to get burned eventually. You'll, you'll get hit. but And then you go back to sterilizing everything. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> the the yeah. process begins again. <laughs> Just the way it works. But, yeah, you, mm-hmm. after a while, you figure out what you can get away with. Now, we have one here from uh, BRJ. Uh, you might be good at answering this one, Marty. He says, when you guys talk about different flavors, etc., is it something you have to develop, like wine tasting or... Is it really obvious? What are you mm. saying, Mike? Uh, it... Well, I mean, it's sort of obvious, but not. I feel like it is something you have to develop a little bit, and it also depends on how you're consuming it. Because I never really noticed a huge difference. And mind you, I'm not a big joint smoker, but 
Um, I don't just don't get the same taste from smoking a joint as I do from a dry herb vaporizer. And to me, mm-hmm. when I'm using a dry herb vape, it's way more obvious, the different flavors. Yeah. Like the first time mm-hmm. I used one, I was like, holy shit, this is what people are talking about. Ooh. And that's why people spend all this fucking money on them because damn, yeah. that, that's a yeah. big flavor difference, man. Right. So for me, that was a big, that was a big like eureka moment. So it depends mm. on how you consume, but I know a lot of people that take their weed really seriously and they're, you know, judging weed and all this stuff by smoking joints but for me that's mm-hmm. not the obvious way mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think it's a bit of both it's some of it's a little obvious um when you're using a dry herb vape some of those flavors really shine through but you can develop a palate just like anything else mm-hmm. yeah for sure man and you know you have to figure out what flavors you like as well but i definitely agree with the whole uh vape thing you know dry herb vaporizer if you really want to experience the flavor of cannabis then uh, dry herb vaporizer is the way to go, man. And you can mm-hmm. find out more on a riser, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a, a sponsor over at percysgroom.com and they're giving away vapes and stuff in competitions over at Percy's right now. We'd find we out more every soon. month. Yeah, we give right. away one every month at Percy's from a riser. That's it. The fact, solo I've two. Got my Ariser XG2 on my desk right now, Mm-mm. you know? Yeah, so if you want to experience real flavor of cannabis, smoking it is good. You know, it, 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 you get a good hit on the chest, and you do get a good hit on the chest with the vape as well, especially nowadays. You know, I remember trying the Snoop Dogg vape pen uh, many mm-hmm. years ago, and it was shit. Man. It was shit, and I was skeptical of vapes for a long time. But then everybody went on about the Mighty, so I got the Mighty, and damn, I fucking love my right. Mighty, man. Yeah, damn. I mean, the first time you get a hold of one that actually works, it's a damn moment. It's like, yeah, whoa. it's that eureka moment. You're like, wow, this is what people are talking about. This is how <laughs> weed's supposed to taste. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't all just taste like weed. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, if you're having any trouble there, exting- uh, distinguishing which flavors are which with your cannabis BRG, then uh, you get fucking dry herb vape, mate. It, yeah, I'd uh, say that's game changing. Start for sure. Mm-hmm. but this this weed i've got hit in in uh my vape and it's just pinene man so much fucking pinene it's it's like i'm, I'm licking the floor after it's been cleaned you know one of those <laughs> <laughs> you know so yeah. thick of fucking flavor man you just know it's, yeah i got a ga- gallon of that down there in the cleaning shit outside yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah you know you know the stuff you know? yeah <laughs> it's good shit man so yeah it, it's uh, it's something that does develop over time to some extent. You know, the finer flavors, the the more right. distinguished stuff. You have to really look into the background for the notes of that. Uh, and then sometimes but, you're also developing like the language and the, the ability to sort of like talk about it. That's mm-hmm. part of it as well. Because that yeah, doesn't to know what myosin is compared to fucking alpha pinene and mm-hmm. beta caryoline and whatever the fuck they talk about. Check out the terpenes episode to learn more. You know. <laughs> Interesting shit, man. But yeah, if you really want to experience the flavor of cannabis, then dry herb vapes the way to go, man. So check that out, BRG, if you want to improve the flavor of the weed, man. Now, talking about weed flavors, though, they can kind of mess you up sometimes because I've learned a little bit about weed terpenes and we went to a whiskey tasting and the guy was asking Mm. me what I taste in the whiskey. And I turned around and I said, I taste a little bit of linalool in here. And he looked at me like, what? I said, (laughs) lavender. He said, oh, yeah, that's in there. God damn. It's interesting. Whiskey? Is that what well, So they don't use about whiskey. They don't if you said the name of a terpene, he didn't have any idea what you're talking about. But if you said taste like black pepper, he would know what you meant. Mm-hmm. 
this whiskey here smells got a little bit of a coffee aftertaste to it. This is what you get with little country distilleries, you know. They don't know no fancy words. <laughs> so yeah, hit your whiskey, everybody, because you spoke about whiskey. Let's do it. It's like tastes like flowers. Yeah, definitely like flowers. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we have another question here from Billy. Well, another question. Yeah, Billy asks a question for us every week, and he, he tries really hard to get good questions to us. He does, you know, always deserve it of a little round of applause there, Billy. For, uh, for your clean <laughs> questions he said i use fiber parts for easy repotting as you plant straight into the soil do you think the roots get to spread okay doing it this way uh, i personally don't man i don't think uh you should bury the the fabric parts i'm sure the roots are able to grow through them uh and he said you know, he says in his question fiber pots not fabric pods it's going to be the that same thing right or maybe not. Fiber pots. I mean, fiber pots are like compostable. Oh, is that the ones he's talking about? You think? I'm not really sure. It could yeah, be the I... one. Mm -hmm. Is Billy still in the chat? <laughs> Can you clarify? Because the fabric need... pots, I wouldn't do that. I don't even know really what they're made of. No. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't do it if I'm trying to get the best spread for the roots. I would definitely take the old pot off. Even if it's a fiber I think pot or whatever. I would too, because I have used some of those compostable fiber pots. And I remember one time this had nothing to do with weed, but I had some stuff in it and I actually put it right into the garden and it did decompose over, I don't know, like a five-year period or something. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so they don't they do decompose, but it's, it was a pretty thick fiber pot. So it, did, it wasn't like mm -hmm. a, a fast process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it, man. Just, uh, just properly take anything off the edge of the roots and plant the roots directly into the next medium, whether it's the pot or outdoors. I wouldn't be messing around with planting pots and things like that. It just doesn't work out, man. And like we mentioned earlier, those uh, peat pots can change the pH of the medium that it's grown into as well. So they can be a little bit of an issue. It's just better to remove it and make sure you're planting the bare roots into the new hole rather than uh, having stuff, uh, planting parts of it as well. In my opinion, but you know, whatever mm -hmm. works best, man. If you tried it and it works well for you, then give it a shot. But if you just want to try it to see if it works well for you, then try that as well. We're never about to tell you what to do, you know, and yeah. be like, no, you must do it like this or your plant will die because that's not the case, you know. And, and if you're like me, you're going to try half the things that we tell you are not going to work because you want to see it for yourself. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> and that's yeah, a good whatever. way to be. It's a good way to be, man. Now be skeptical. Don't listen to anything anybody tells you, especially them mainstream media motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? But that's a different story. You know, I, I, you know, you know I'm like for my conspiracy theorists. But always really? be skeptical. Don't don't trust anything anybody says, and try it for yourself if you're ever in doubt of anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Because depending on the type of fiber pot, maybe his experience will be different. And Sparky's mm -hmm. saying in the chat there's fiber pots made of like cocoa choir or whatever. Yeah, so there is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they break down a lot faster so the roots can have their opportunity to spread properly mm -hmm. or whatever. But if you do it, Billy, report back. Let us know how it yeah, goes. And let us know. And then everybody else can find <laughs> out as well. You know, that's yeah. how uh that's how we share the knowledge in the community. Yeah, the, the shit I used were absolutely dire. And I got those from Wilkinson's, but Wilkinson's now closed down in the UK, you know, because we're going through a recession, but they changed the definition of recession. So it's not really a recession. But <laughs> yeah, lots of uh, companies closing here in the yeah. UK. And Wilco is one of the big yeah. chain stores on the high street. Fabno closed down. And I used to get the uh, cocoa pots from those guys. 
So they were shit ones. The Rocco ones were shit. Well, maybe you can get there from somewhere else and they'll be uh, better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, as I say, I think it's best to just transplant the plant directly into the ground. Not messing around. It's easy to do. You know, it, it's not as if it's a difficult job. So just, uh, just do it, man. Just do it. All right, we have one more from uh, Filmy Bowls. And it's uh, quite a personal question, I think. <laughs> in some ways, he says, here's my weekly question. When you spank the side of your pot to loosen the soil and root grip to it, uh, do you use an open hand or a closed fist? And should I sweet talk them before I do the act? Ooh, well, Phil, first of all, mm. I don't spank my pots. I rub them gently. Yeah, bro, they caress go. them, Phil. <laughs> caress caress them. them. They respond much better than, to that than they would spanking, yes. <laughs> I don't know, Phil. Have you asked consent first? Because this oh, is good, good question. Does your plant have a yeah. safe word on this spanking? Exactly. Well, who do you think you are, Russell Brand? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit, fuck's sake. Yeah, but you just want to break the roots up. So like Monkey said, if you can just like uh, roll the pot kind of in between the hands, you know, like you're making charis, you know, that kind of roll, you know, yeah, play some Barry White, you know, to loosen it a little Mm bit. Sometimes you don't even need to do that. If you just turn it upside down and kind of wiggle it a little bit, it'll fall right off. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But I know what he's he's going with this. He had to say spank. I mean, I know. Come on, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Man, and them roots can really stick to fabric pots as well. It doesn't happen so much yes, with the plastic. That's you know, a different it, thing. Yeah. 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 It's fucking hard to get them off sometimes. I mean, it's better to just put it like hand down there, you know, <laughs> and try and push the roots around the side. That's another option you can use as well. Baby, move uh, your hand. Yeah. <laughs> but we got, um, what did he say? Because well, I assume that he's, um, well, he's talking about plastic or fabric here as well. It could, it could be both. He's really, probably yeah. talking about plastic because I have seen people mm. uh, tap the bottom of plastic pots to release them. That's not yeah. typically my, my maneuver because I'm afraid of breaking that root ball up, but mm-hmm. I've seen mm-hmm. it done many times. And so just little squeeze it. If you squeeze too much, you're going to break the roots and the medium inside of the pot, and that's going to be a pain in the ass for you to transplant that. So, you know, it's like just be really gentle. You're only just trying to yeah. pry the roots away from the edge. That's all. Nothing yes, too Bill. much, man. Light spanking with a good rub. Yes. <laughs> and open handed by the sound of it as well. I mean, closed fist seems a bit too brutal there, mate. Uh-huh. Probably illegal in some places. And always apologize afterwards. Always. Mm-hmm. And make sure you have a safe word in place. Exactly. Right. And, and yeah. check in first as well. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that's all the questions we have. We did have one in the chat at some point. I uh, saw it uh, drop by. I had a queue in front of it. Where the fuck was that there? Uh, what are your thoughts? This is from Turpo. What are your thoughts on using rapid routers or like brands? Uh, it, they're all pretty much the same kind of stuff, mate. You know, if they're around the market, it's all pretty much the same. You're going to have some particular type of microbes in there and bacteria that's going to be good for the soil that is going to encourage roots to grow. So if you have a particular brand in mind, then just go check them out. You know, some will work, some will work better than others. They're all going to do something. But uh, the, the most recommended ones, the ones I've seen used the most, 
is there's a particular type of rooting enzyme from EcoThrive that works. And there's also Great White. And Great White is fucking huge. Loads of people use that. It's uh, that's from back in the day. It's been around for a long time, Great White. Mm-hmm. That's a powder, an enzyme powder you can sprinkle. And, you know, reasonably cheap. And it does the job very well. And then if you're growing in uh, cocoa, you can use Canna's Rhizotonic, which is a rooting enzyme, which helps roots grow fast. And you can use that as well. But there's just so many out there like that. I mean, what was your one, Monkey, the organic one you use? Uh, which one is it? You talking about uh, kangaroots? Yeah, kangaroots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's a liquid. It, it, it's basically you mix it up in water and water it in. Mm-hmm. But it works good. You know, the roots seem to like it. Plants definitely like it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of one of the things that I do to get my seedlings off to a good start. Is seems like seedlings just love that stuff. So instead of just watering the seedlings with just water, I put the kangaroots to them. Bam! Away they go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the pick up brands work well for you then, right? You know, there's there's lots of options out there. So if uh, rapid routers or something, there's so many, mate. Just pick one, and if it works for you, then it works for you. If you don't, then just choose yeah. another. There's lots out there. But there's some ones which we would recommend because we've seen them use Great White, the Kangaroo Roots, uh, and Riser Tonic. Check those things out. That'd now, if he's cool. talking about just the the actual little rapid rooted little plugs, the the compressed plugs that you put the seed in. Uh, is that what he's talking about? Maybe if that's a thing. Yeah, there is a thing like that. You basically put your seed in it. It's what you wet it, and you know, once it once it sprouts, you plant the whole rapid rooter down into your pot. Right. Um, I've not used those. I've seen them. Uh, mm-hmm. I use the jiffy pl- the jiffy pucks because you know the jiffy those I get locally. They're they're cheap. I can get them you, anywhere. I've used lots of uh, different things like that over the years to try and germinate things, man. And you know what has always worked the best for me is what's always Cocoa. got the best results. Cocoa. Cocoa mm-hmm. fucking yeah. smashes it. I never have a seed fat in cocoa. It's like in soil, I will. In, in fucking, in ruckle cubes, I have some fail. But what, when you just get a pot of cocoa, you put your seed in it with a fucking plastic cup over the top to hold in the humidity. Make sure it's watered properly. You know, it's all nice and wet. and it's, they, they all fucking pop, man. Cocoa is really reliable when it comes to popping seeds, man. It holds a nice amount of moisture. I think that's a nice the secret. Yeah, it that's it. The, the moisture. Yeah, it's definitely not too popping. much moisture. That's where a lot of people go wrong with seeds: is too much moisture. And cocoa doesn't allow you to have too much moisture. You're not going to rot your seed in yeah. cocoa. I mean, you get a fucking bag of it. You know, if you're not a cocoa grower, that's fine, man. Just get a bag of cocoa, can of cocoa, professional. Get a bag of that. And if you're only using it for just small parts, it's like £13, £15, you know, maybe $20. I'm not sure that what the uh, conversion is nowadays. But it's not it's not expensive. That's 50 litres. And if you're only using that now and again to pop some beans, man, that's going to last you a year or two, you know, so, and it's cheap. Uh-huh. So you just grab yourself some of that. If you want a good way to germinate your seeds, then just use cocoa, in my opinion. That's how I would roll. Yeah. We did have one more, one more. Where was it? Uh, this one from Bank Switch. Uh, when do you pot up seedlings? What are you looking for to know when they are ready? I think we talked about that. Is you know, yeah, when, when, the roots, yeah. when the roots are starting to peek out the bottom of the pot, that's pretty much telling me it, that, that uh, it would be a good time to start thinking about it. If the seedlings start losing vigor and just kind of start looking limp and lifeless, check your roots. You're probably going mm-hmm. too, way too far. Yeah, man. 
this important thing that can often be overlooked because it's underground and you don't see the plant, you know, don't see it like you see the plant. But you have to take care of your roots. Make sure they have plenty of space to grow into. Make sure they don't get too wet. Make sure the nutrient uh, solution in the medium isn't too strong. Just shit like that, you know, just be very careful with it. But don't underestimate how important transplanting the plants are. You know? and, yeah, and that's, that's where your trick comes in when you microgrow, Mackie's, because you're not going to transplant and you've got to get your plants past that shock point to where they'll thrive again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah, man. It's good fun though. Microgrows are fun. Well, yeah. you learn a lot. If you can keep a plant alive and in less than ideal conditions, you will learn a lot. Mm -hmm. So there we go. I mean, that's everything we can say about transplanting there. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions or anything you want to add to the conversation, then you can find us over at percysgrowroom.com. You can obviously comment in the, on the video here if you're watching the video. You can uh, find us on the Discord server, send us emails, find us on social networks, loads of ways to get in touch. So do feel free to get in touch and uh, you know join the forum over at persisgrowing.com and get, in, get involved in the conversation over there and let people know how you do your transplanting and what you think the best techniques are or any ideal routine enzymes that you would suggest for people to use, anything like that. You know, Come and join the conversation on persisgrowing.com. Uh, yeah, professional, right? Pro yeah. You got the echo in there and everything. Calm, yeah. calm, calm, uh, calm. I'll add that afterwards. Definitely. <laughs>